0: You're listening to the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative team from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening. This week we're going to conclude this overarching kind of view of what is a healthy creative team. Now, we're not done yet. This is just laying the groundwork and and really building that foundation so that we understand where exactly we're going. What exactly the mile markers look like. So last week, as we talked about the human beings on the team, caring for them at a, at a individual human level, when we're thinking about mental health, whether that be our own or the that of the people on our team. This week, I want to talk about how a healthy creative team, one of the hallmarks of a healthy creative team, is that the people on the team, the humans on the team, they're growing. So how does this framework of the four cores help us build an effective uh, context within, uh, in which the, the creatives on our team can grow and continue to grow and develop. So we're gonna break it down into the four areas because that's what this whole framework exists to be. One of the challenges that I had encountered throughout my career was that I struggled to find effective development pathways for myself when it came to my trade. If I wanted to be a pastor, fine. I could go to seminary, I could have a, you know, theological discussion with one of the pastors on the team, I could read some of the books in the libraries, and, you know, there were tons and tons and tons of resources about growing in the area of theology or pastoral ministry. There are also tons of opportunities when it comes to what I would call generic people management or generic leadership, leading teams in a abstract sense or in a general sense. The problem I kept running into, though, is that creatives are different. And that's okay that they're different. But I think our systems will continue to fail if we don't acknowledge that they're different. So I'm not I'm not advocating necessarily that we create a custom methodology for managing everybody on our teams. You know, every department like, oh, the discipleship team is just a little bit different than the kids ministry team. I would argue that the the people in those in those areas are different from one another and I think that's why you see such a surge in the things you know enneagram or or disc or strength finders or even Myers Briggs you know I've taken a lot of those over the years in hopes that <laughs> in hopes that my manager could understand me now typically what they did though is they pushed me back into a system that was a reflection of the results at a generic level it didn't take into account how I worked as a creative. And so that is what the four creative cores exist to be. It is a framework through which you understand how a creative operates. It is also a framework through which you build a healthy creative team, because balance amongst those four cores is important. So for the team, we'll start there. For the healthy creative team, you need to have balance on your team. So you need to have imagination. You need to have skills. You need to have heart, and you need to have systems. And those things need to be balanced. If your team is all imagination and no skills, you're not going to get anything done. And if you've taken the uh, the assessment, which has been my recommendation over the course of these early early season or early uh, podcast episodes, you'll see you have gotten a result, and it'll tell you this is the area where we are strongest. This is the one of the four cores where we excel the most. And then it'll also rate you on the others. So it'll give you a picture of the balance in your system. So my my intention with that is that it gives you the feedback you need to be able to recognize the areas where you need growth, but then also holistically gives you the information you need to see if you're balanced or not. Because at the end of the day, imbalance is the part that really brings toxicity into the conversation. When you're wildly imbalanced, things aren't working. That's just what it comes down to. If you're equally low in all areas, you're not actually dealing with toxicity at the same level, which is fascinating, but that's what I've seen. So when it comes to the team, you're looking for balance. That's what you're looking for. The other thing that this, this framework helps you do is it helps you hire based on what you need. <laughs> so. Let's say you have an open design role, and one of your designers is really just incredible at systems, but imagination just doesn't come naturally to them, well, then you want to, you want to hire toward imagination. You're going to want to look for that capacity in a candidate. And so what it does is it helps you see uh, a little bit kind of more multidimensionally when you're looking at different candidates and people on the team, when you're assessing the, the human beings that are contributing what is their strength what is their weakness the goal for the individual is to become balanced in all these as well and we'll get there in just a minute but what you're looking for is you're looking for a balance on the team across the humans <laughs> that's what you're looking for the other thing that uh this really helps you uh, be quick at or maybe quicker at is addressing issues as as a team and so when you see issues that are that are happening you're able to call them out and categorize them so One of the major challenges that I saw historically was that there was a realm in which every creative understood what I was talking about. But there was another realm that didn't make sense. And so let's say a client comes in, they're really frustrated with you. They come in, they give you grief, and then they leave. Okay, now you're sitting there as a team. And the tendency is to say that was frustrating, that guy or that gal was a jerk, like whatever, to like blow off steam. What I have found is that that is really where the heart moments happen and where the heart part of the conversation is cultivated. When I had conversations with, usually with young designers, like even if they were just young on our team, the heart quotient was really abstract to them. There's a long-term pathway towards success and heart is a major part of that. And so what this did is this gave me language in the team to be able to have that conversation in a way that they understood. Skills is easy. Of course I understand skills. I mean, I can look at the piece that you created and it's better than the one I created. Your skills are better. <laughs> or the other way. I was able to, you know, execute with mastery and, and get it done faster. And so my skill set in this particular area is higher. Great. Super easy to understand. Imagination. Man, I feel like so-and-so has really good ideas. Like, sometimes they're off the wall, but there's just an idea factory. Great. Imagination is working. I just feel like I can't. And I've had this this conversation. I feel like I can't come up with new ideas. Okay, I know this employee struggles with imagination. They're good at skills. They're good at heart. Maybe even they're good at systems. But imagination is a problem for them. And so how do I either help intentionally grow and develop them, or this is the beauty of team, how do I put their projects into a construct so that either an imagination-strong person is speaking into it, or as a whole team, we're elevating concepts together? And so this is where the framework is so helpful in a team context. It really helps you uh, have the language that you need to address challenges across the whole team and, and the individual, but, but it lets you facilitate a much more rich, growth-filled you know, stretch of leadership, however, however you want to say that. So it's, it's a really nice way to give everybody language so that they understand what's being talked about. And then the last thing here in the team context, and they they kind of pair between, you know, the individual and the team. But the other thing that's really, really nice is that it sets a very clear communal expectation that we're all supposed to be moving in this direction. This is, a, this is a value for all of us. We all want to grow in our imagination. Now, I may not be the idea factory that somebody else is. That's okay. I tend to be more of a refiner personally. And so when I see work, I'm able to make iterations of it or to refine it or to make it better. But the original idea, that's harder for me. So I actually performed much, much better as a creative when I had an imagination-heavy boss. And so that was a really good relationship for the season that we had it. So I would encourage you then, you know, to think through that even in your own team. What are the people we have on the team? What are the skill sets we have on the team? How do we we balance those things well? Or now the next part of the conversation, how do we develop the creative individual? And so this again is a part of what I have found to be a, a really significant challenge in the creative industry, there's no way to evaluate if you're growing or not in a really controlled way. And so what I mean by that is, you know, one year I decided uh, I was in college and I, I recognized I really needed to learn a certain tool in Illustrator. who's the pen tool. So I said, this summer is the summer of me learning the pen tool. And I dedicated every <laughs> piece of free time I had to using the pen tool. So I could look back on that summer and I could say, I have mastered the pen tool. N- now what? W- what has that done for me? And okay, I just I learned a tool. That's kind of how I looked at it. But what I really did is I said, I need to invest in my skills. I'm going to pick a specific thing in the skills area to be able to tackle. And so I was creating goals for myself around the four cores without even knowing that this was a framework. That's what this really, really helps with. So now as you're having a development conversation with your team, you're able to help them identify areas to grow, and then from that, build a plan. Your framework of evaluation can very easily live in this four-quadrant type of idea. All right, talk to me about imagination. So you have new projects coming. Do you feel like you're doing well at that, or are you struggling with that? I feel like I have a lot of ideas that don't work. Okay, great. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's explore that a little bit. And then let's figure out what a good course of action is to maybe, maybe have a clear development plan around the area of imagination. Or maybe it's to set a goal. This next quarter, I want you to have an idea that maybe you're not confident in, or maybe you're not sure if it'll work, but I want you to push through and try to make it work anyway. <laughs> okay, I'll work on it. And then you go through. Skills, same thing. Hey, what's well, an area where you feel like you're struggling? I had a conversation with a boss where I said, look, I really want to learn motion graphics. I feel like that's the next stage or the next step for what I'm doing as a a designer. Okay, let's do it. And so that's, that's then a task to say, I want to become familiar with the basics of motion graphics. That's going to be my skills assignment for the quarter or the year or whatever. And then heart. Heart's a great one because it's easy for us to become obsessed with the trade skills of our industries as creatives but it's easy also to lose the fact that there is a way that we are supposed to use those tools. So if we are a master technician but we're not kind or we're not concerned with the values of the ministry, we're actually not helping. Or we're doing the right things but not the right way. It facilitates the conversation. Hey, talk to me about who who is it that's hardest to deal with on the team? All right, let's talk through it. Is there a way I can be helpful? Is there a way I can help bridge gaps in that relationship? Do you want to come and debrief with me every time you need to have a meeting with them? And like, we'll just kind of talk through things. Help me understand how I can help you. And what we're doing is we're, we're creating an environment in which the heart stuff can be addressed. See, this is the tricky part with heart. If, if you're not in a safe environment, like if you don't feel, feel safe with the team that you have, or like you can trust your boss or your leadership, it's going to be real hard to grow in the heart area because you're going to be so protected and so closed off. This facilitates these conversations. Yes, it's in a client relationship. So it even helps strip some of the like real personal stuff away. But what it does is it gives you the foothold to have that conversation, which is what you need in order to help heart. So same thing. Hey, so so what is it that's tricky for you? And then how do you think we can help address that? How can we make it, you know, a little easier for you? Maybe it's a devotional study. Maybe it's going through a study as a team. Hey, guys, I feel like all of us have been struggling lately. Let's go through a study. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through some things. And so for me, you know, long term, that's a piece of what's on my roadmap is developing resources around each of these four areas. I plan to make a creative team, heart check devotional. But really, the goal is to help you align your heart toward what God's heart is in terms of how you're wielding your skill. Be excellent craftsmen, Absolutely but do it in a way that is honoring to God. And then the last area here, systems. We talk often about systems when it comes to a large church, a large context, multiple clients, you know, multiple designers, very complex. The reality is that every individual creative needs to have personal systems as well. Obviously they have to be compatible, but what you need is you need to have a system that helps you get work done. The workflow is common across your creative team but the individual expressions of that have room for uniqueness. Now you'll notice we ran into this often where you have a designer who will not have a, a good sense of how much time a project should take. So for example, client comes and says, hey, I need three social media posts. Great, each social media post should not take you eight hours. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's just wrong. <laughs> but that's a, that's a reference to systems being off base. You need to calibrate that. So whatever that conversation looks like to be helpful for you, but you calibrate and you say, okay, we need to come up with a faster method of creation for you when it comes to your systems, specifically social media graphics in this conversation. But we need to help you get faster because that's where that's supposed to live, faster. And, and you're not there yet. So what you're doing, and this is where the four cores to me has been such a beautiful revelation, these four these four cores break down the personal conversations, the one-on-one development conversation that says, talk about an area, now let's talk about how you can grow, and it also dovetails perfectly with the overarching creative team. Okay guys, we're killing it in imagination right now, but I feel like our skills are starting to lag a little bit, we're gonna shift gears a little bit, and we're gonna focus, all of us, on growing our skill set in our industries. That's a really fun conversation and challenge for the whole creative team. And so what we're doing is we're using the same language in multiple contexts, and it's really, really helpful because the creative actually understands the language that you're talking about. We're not talking about terms from other industries. We're not talking about, you know, have you read this business book? It's got leadership principle. Like, this is for creatives. That, for me, has been the hurdle historically. I'm trying to translate terms into an industry that just isn't built that way. So let's create a framework that works for them this is a scratch the surface. We're going to go deeper into what development looks like because that is a critical part of a healthy team. But I wanted to interject this episode as the kind of the conclusion to this fundamental what does a healthy creative team look like series because I think this is a really core part of what that looks like. If your team's growing, that's a real good sign. And if it's not growing, then you're going to need... I mean, eventually, if, you don't, if you're not growing, you're going to lead towards toxicity. The world around us is moving too quickly for the creative team to remain stagnant. The next series that we're going to be talking about is covering tools. So let's say that you have a creative team and you're healthy. Great. These tools in the series are going to help you remain healthy uh, and maybe even get healthier still. Or you're in a place where it's kind of like emergency, like we're really not doing well. These tools are designed specifically to help in those situations. My, my one encouragement to you as we head into that series, don't wait until it's too late to start implementing these tools. I have found that they typically get pulled out when people are struggling, but when these become a practice in your life, they can actually help you not struggle by, by letting you be proactive about the right mindset before you need it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leading Healthy Creative Teams. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes helps build healthy creative teams in the church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co.